Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Yeah, that really happened last night, and it's still not figured out. Uh, Iowa caucuses is going to be all we're talking about today, so uh, grab the stools, get ready. Jim, we talked yesterday about this is going to be a, a busy week, and the least people could do is keep us on schedule. Uh, we were supposed to have a winner in the Iowa caucuses. We don't. What do we have? Crazy, good, and bad in that order today. We're also brought to you today by Quip Electric Toothbrushes. Uh, getquip.com slash martini. Uh, we'll get to that in uh, just a moment. But, uh, Jim, I think most folks know by now. And, hey, by the time some folks hear this, we might actually know the technically official results from the Iowa caucuses. But uh, last night we should have known, I think, at least by 10 p.m. Eastern time, 9 p.m. Iowa time, if not shortly thereafter. And then it became pretty clear that we weren't going to get them on time. And then it became pretty clear we weren't going to get them a little bit past on time. And eventually, even before midnight, the Iowa Democratic Party was saying, you know what? We'll probably get them to you sometime on Tuesday. So the speculation's running wild. We'll get to the conspiracy theories in the last martini. What we do know, Jim, is that uh, there was clearly some sort of technological problem transmitting information. We also got stories about uh, precinct captains not really understanding how the caucuses ought to work. So there were a bunch of precincts and caucuses that didn't do the subsequent rounds of the caucus the proper way. So even if they do get the the, the technical situation resolved or, or the paper trail helps to uh, give us a fairly clear example of what happened last night, we're never going to get a perfectly clear example because you can't get all these people back in the room and do the process right. So uh, you've been railing against the Iowa caucuses as long as I've known you. This is, uh, once again, we're not going to get a winner that everybody can agree on. In fact, since 2008, the only clear winner in either party in an Iowa caucus uh, in a competitive race, that is, was Ted Cruz in 2016. We didn't know for weeks who won in 2012. You had the Bernie Hillary fiasco with all the coin flips that just happened to go Hillary's way four years ago. And now we think we know who the top tier is in Iowa, but we really just don't know. So everybody declared victory and moved on to New Hampshire. You know, there are a lot of things that were bizarre last night, Greg. I, I think my first thought is I really wish the Iowa Democratic Party had been told that the caucus would be held that night <laughs> and that all these people would be showing up and casting ballots and, and all, and, you know, letting them, it, it's terrible that they were taken by surprise and ambushed with this. Uh, what is, <laughs> what is Iowa known for? Corn an okay college football team and the caucuses. And that's just about it. Sorry, Iowans. I, there are many wonderful people from Iowa. I feel bad for, um, but this is a, a colossal screw up. This should end the, like people, Oh, we, why are we doing this in Iowa? We, we've been making these complaints for a very long time. People have complained about caucuses for a long time. And one of the issues that had spurred these technical issues last time around was that last year I could tell you exactly how many votes Ted Cruz got. I could tell you exactly how many votes Donald Trump got, but the Democrats did not tally the votes when everybody came into the room, what their initial preference was. Now, the other thing also that's bizarre about caucuses is that you have this multi-step process that begins to start feel like you're trying to assemble Ikea furniture, right? So you have to begin with step one where everybody goes in there. Every, you, you guys for this category, everybody in the Warren group, you stand in this corner. Everybody in the Biden group, you go in this corner. Deval Patrick supporters, do we have any Deval Patrick? Okay, we don't have to worry about that one. <laughs> um, 
and then if you don't hit that 50, you, know, you add everybody, you, you count everybody, you add, every, add, up, add up the total. And if your group is not above 15%, <clears throat> you're out. And you can either go home or you can be reallocated to somebody else. Um, now, I guess this is a way of not wasting too many votes on minor party candidates or something like that. 15% seems a little arbitrary, but fine, whatever. But then the thing is, if you're in one of those groups that doesn't get it, you can then go to one of the candidates who did hit 15%, or you can form an alliance and, and meet up with supporters of other candidates who didn't hit, hit 15%. And like Voltron, Greg, they all kind of come together to form a larger group, and you end up with something where you can say, for, we are 15% for some other candidate. We can say we are 15% for officially undecided. At at least two places last night, Greg, apparently they decided to caucus for Cory Booker. Listeners are probably saying, wait a minute, Cory Booker left the uh, the race at, at January 13th. Yes, but these folks decided that Cory Booker was the kind of person who they wanted to nominate. So they were officially delegates for Cory Booker. Now, this doesn't mean he gets one of the statewide delegates, but it means when this precinct reports in their results, they're going to say, we have this many for, for Sanders, this many for Warren, this many for Mayor Pete, and one for Cory Booker. So... First of all, Greg, let's let's one of the big winners last night was Cory Booker. Surprisingly, yes. Right. I mean, if nothing else, we know he got a delegate. <laughs> oh, also, by the way, on the Republican side, there was at least one write-in, effectively a write-in vote for David French, our former colleague. So, congratulations, David French. We know that you have more votes. We have more. There are more official votes for David French last night than there were for any Democratic candidate. <laughs> French mentum, as my colleague Kyle Smith said. Um, so after you know, 2016, Democrats did not record uh, the, the votes for this. And Bernie Sanders was saying, well, wait a second. Yeah, we know this vote was very close. We lost the Iowa caucus on a couple of coin tosses. But we think we had more people show up to support our guy than Hillary Clinton did. And you guys can't even verify that. And so the Iowa Democratic Party said, OK, we're going to have three counts. We're going to have the account, the first count of everybody going in. Then we're going to have that second count based on uh, the, who got past the 15 percent threshold and reallocation and all endless talk last night about viable and non-viable. Uh, Greg, the, probably the joke of the night was somebody observed, you know, boy, you just don't want to be around a whole bunch of Democrats discussing who's viable and not viable. <laughs> exactly. Um, but so and that apparently this system, the idea of trying to record three separate states of uh, three separate levels of support during the process and sending in the results, the app didn't work. And then when they tried to call into the state party to say, hey, the app isn't working, they kept getting busy signals or disconnected or, or something like that. Every frustrating IT support call, this call is important. Your call is important to us. Please stay on the line. until you know, <laughs> um, That's what everybody was hearing. And apparently at one point, the state party hung up on a guy as he was speaking to Wolf Blitzer right. on CNN. This was Franz Kafka meets HBO's Veep. Um, this was hilarious. It was sad. It was disturbing. And I think it probably killed the Iowa caucuses for the future because this is a state party that simply cannot be trusted with a response with any responsibility, arguably, much less the responsibility of running the first contest in the presidential nominating process. Well, that might be the ultimate good martini here, at least to get rid of the caucuses. There's a whole other discussion to be had about whether Iowa should get to go first all the time. But, yeah, this is a combination of incompetence technological failure, and just uh, a convoluted process. I mean, I, I flipped over to C-SPAN because they were dipping in and watching these precinct captains explain what was going on, and they didn't really know what was going on. They had to keep consulting people, and you need to be over here, and you need to be over there. And then you see these entrance polls on places like CNN and MSNBC, and it's like, hey, 
37% of the people are caucusing for the first time. And at first I thought, wow, that seems really high. And then after watching it, I'm like, who would ever come back to this? Of course all these people are first timers. <laughs> yeah, and let's also observe that, like, first of all, you know, technologically wise, they should have done a run through. And they should have, you know, everybody who's ever worked in IT will tell you, you cannot count like healthcare.gov, anyone, right? You want to do testing before you actually, you need your, your uh, system to work. But then the second thing is, it seemed like some of the people at the, at the locations were not 100% sure. Now, particularly if you're going to institute new, new rule changes, and you're going to have this extra level of counting and all that stuff. It definitely seemed like not, there were a whole bunch, not only were the, the voters showing up, not completely sure about how the process worked. It seemed like some of the people organizing and running the event were not 100% solid on how this process worked. It is a disaster from top to bottom for the, the, the Iowa Democratic Party. No, absolutely right. And you mentioned that the people who uh, backed candidates who didn't get to the threshold. Uh, I remember in one precinct, they all got together and voted, like you said, for uncommitted. And so they're whooping it up. They spent two hours there to end up voting for nobody. And so, I mean, this is this is this is the process we have. I also want to point out what we're, we're foreshadowing our good martini. In the Republican one, in addition to someone voting for uh, David French, someone abstained. Greg, do you decide to go out to your your local gymnasium or community center or something on a on a February night in Iowa to show up to abstain? We just bored that night. Like, I don't get that. It's the it's the ultimate Monty Brewster moment of none of the above, but. Uh... In the middle of the winter. All right, let's cleanse the palate in two ways. First of all, we'll talk about Quip, and then we'll talk about how the Republican process, while still not as good as a primary, is way better than the way the Democrats do it in Iowa. Uh, Quip, electric toothbrushes. Very simple. Unlike the process the Iowa Democratic Party puts out, uh, the Quip electric toothbrush, they send you all the stuff. They give you a quality product that literally tells you how to brush your teeth. Because as we talked about at the beginning of the year, it's the time for New Year's resolutions, and a great resolution not only for you but for your kids uh, is to establish good dental habits. And that means brushing for two minutes a day, twice a day, flossing regularly, no matter what brand you use. Quip makes that simple, starting with the electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and anti-cavity toothpaste. Quip toothbrushes work, unlike the Iowa Democratic Caucus. <laughs> You see, Quip's electric brush has sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in timer and a 30-second pulse to guide a full and even clean. The Quip floss dispenser comes with a pre-marked string to help you use just enough. Plus, Quip delivers fresh brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills to your door every three months with free shipping, so your routine will always be just right. You can join more than 3 million healthy mouths and get Quip today, starting at just $25. People don't really brush their teeth the right way. Uh, People brush too hard. They don't brush long enough. uh, And Quip Electric Toothbrush takes all the guesswork out of that. And now with the kids' electric uh, toothbrushes from Quip, it really makes brushing fun for the kids as well. And I know this personally because we ordered the Quip toothbrushes. My wife heard us talking about it one day on the podcast, and she said, great, let's uh, let's get these and see how they work. The kids love them. Uh, They're excited about the buzzing. Uh, They don't have to think about when to switch sides. Um, They still get distracted sometimes, but they're young, and uh, but uh, we're confident they're getting a much healthier uh, cleaning than uh, with the old toothbrushes. So uh, if you go to getquip.com slash martini right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill pack of brushes free at getquip.com slash martini. It's spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash martini. 
Quip is the Good Habits Company. All right, Jim, best as I understand it, while the Democrats go through all these multiple layers in their caucuses and you got to switch teams or be uncommitted or get to go home if your candidate doesn't get to 15 percent, the Republicans do things uh, a little more smoothly. Still not as good as a primary, but everybody just kind of votes. There might be speeches in the beginning. I don't even know. I think there are. Uh, but they vote. And if your candidate doesn't get 15 percent, sorry, you're done. See ya. And uh, the candidates that do get 15 percent We'll then split up the delegates. So we actually do have results from the Iowa caucuses last night. It's just only on the Republican side, which was obviously a foregone conclusion. But in case anyone is interested, uh, President Trump came out on top last night with 97.19 percent or 30,900 votes. In second place, man, it was a battle for second place. But former Massachusetts Governor William Weld with 1.28 percent and a whopping 406 votes edges out former Illinois Congressman Joe Walsh who had 1.08% and 343 votes, which, Jim, means that Joe Walsh, who's been running for president for months, got 343 more votes than either you or I did. He's only a little bit ahead of David French for perspective. Um, (laughs) So there's a lot of good news out of for Republicans out of last night. Republicans can can tout the fact that uh, technically this was the highest turnout for an incumbent president uh, ever, you know, in an Iowa caucus. Now, you know, that's kind of like being the, the, you know, world's tallest midget, maybe, <laughs> you know, like generally you don't get very much turnout, but I guess it's a good sign of Republican enthusiasm. Um, as suspected, uh, the overwhelming majority of Republicans want, you know, who were willing to come out on a winter's night were in the mood to support President Trump. I don't think like, it, it's been tough to take William Weld and Joe Walsh seriously. I made the mistake of interacting with Joe Will- Walsh on Twitter the other day. And I gave him much more media oxygen than he'd had in a really long time. <laughs> um, Joe Walsh you know, and, and other folks like, you know, Byron York observed, even if you're a Republican and you're frustrated with Trump, and there are plenty of these folks out there, one, you may or may not prefer Joe Walsh as a person. You may find Joe Walsh to be a rather ridiculous person who's formerly a birther, who was speculating that Obama was Muslim as recent as like 2016, right? You know, who only very gradually you know, woke up to the problems of Trump and who was attacking other folks for not supporting Trump enough, flipping on a dime, and now having this role, uh, the fact that he couldn't get a thousand votes in Iowa is is kind of interesting. And the other thing is so apparently he went to some, you know, candidate forum, which was mostly Democrats, and he did a Q&A. And, you know, every time he criticized Trump, the, the crowd would, you know, applaud and they were happy. And then they asked him about, you know, what do you think of climate change? What do you think of all these other issues? Then obviously he's not a Democrat on a bunch of those issues. So where's the, the demographic for this guy? Where's the market for this guy? There just aren't enough people who represent down the line conservatives who are also vehemently against Trump for him to have a system, you know, for sin. And he, if he decided to switch to a Democrat, they wouldn't like any of his positions. So. Obviously, Trump is going to make jokes about this in the State of the Union tonight. Republicans look competent. Greg, how often do we get to say that? <laughs> you know, and, and this there's a, you know, like Democrats are going to have a really lousy couple of news cycles over this. This is, you know, like, and, and they deserve it. And it kind of, you know, again, this is the party that says we're the ones who believe in science. We're the ones who believe in education. We're the ones who are forward thinking and want to, you know, embrace technology. And they can't do math. It's a perfect metaphor, as everyone was saying last night. Yeah, let's put these guys in charge of everybody's health care. Well, the other thing, and a couple of people uh, putting this out on Twitter, including your colleague uh, Dan McLaughlin, the baseball crank, saying, hey, isn't this great how this state completely is unable to count votes? We should totally scrap the electoral college system and go with a national <laughs> right? popular vote. Yeah. 
the only comparable thing I can think of is healthcare.gov. And even that they got working within like, what, six weeks or so? I mean, this was really embarrassing because at some point, presumably today, by the way, as, as we were getting ready to record this, the message was that the Iowa Democratic Party was going to have a conference call with all the campaigns at 11 o'clock local time, which I guess would be noon here on the East Coast. But they weren't going to have the results. Like it was just, we're going to give you a timeline of when we expect the results. Now, again, all the candidates have moved on to New Hampshire. Tonight's the State of the Union. The day after that's the impeachment vote. Iowa is going to have zero impact on the momentum and who's ahead. Yes, they're going to allocate the delegates. Somebody's going to get more delegates than, than everybody else. You know, it, it can see it sounds like Biden was having a lousy night. It sounded like Sanders was having a good night. But the Iowa Democratic caucuses, because of its inability to give even partial results last night, became a complete non-entity in the nominating process, which is just astounding since being first and being most important or arguably one of the most important, was kind of all it had going for it. And that's that's an utterly bizarre situation. And, and you know, it's, that's the ultimate nightmare for every Iowa Democratic consultant who is suddenly realizing their gravy train is coming to an end. This state is not going to matter as much as it used to in the uh, cycles to come. We've done the crazy. We've done the good. Let's get to the bad now, Jim. And that's because you've already got plenty of people, probably on both sides, essentially at the conclusion of, well, if my person doesn't win in November, the election isn't legit. Even at Adam Schiff uh, on the Senate floor in the impeachment trial a few days ago saying we can't let the American people decide President Trump's fate because we might not be able to trust the outcome of the election. So we already have uh, such a division in this country that uh, the election results won't be taken at face value, even if they're honest. Then when you have a debacle like this, it raises the stakes even more that people aren't going to trust the results, because already you've got people who think that Bernie's getting screwed by the Democrats in Iowa and the DNC. It was already happening because they let Bloomberg into the next debate without meeting the criteria that everybody else had to face. And now there's uh, rumors that pro-Clinton people were thinking about changing the rules at the convention about when superdelegates can vote, move them back to the first ballot just to make sure Bernie doesn't get it. And then all of a sudden, when Bernie's leading the polls uh, heading into Iowa, not only does the last Iowa poll get yanked, but uh, now when he's uh, expected to win, all of a sudden we've got this uh, delay in counting votes. Don't know that there's any conspiracy there whatsoever, but as we know, you don't need a lot uh, to get the uh, Bernie people to think that there's a conspiracy theory. You already got the uh, Pete the Cheat hashtag going on right now because this app that has completely failed is run by a person married to a Pete Buttigieg staffer. So now the fact that it appears Buttigieg outperformed expectations has a lot of people in the Bernie camp wondering if this was all cooked from the beginning. And you got a bunch of Hillary Clinton people, including Robbie Mook, who, of course, hates Bernie Sanders, was in on the app as well. Then you've got other people, more rational people like Tim Carney, saying maybe this happened because Biden did so bad that they're trying to ease the punch of that because it looked like he was vastly underperforming in a lot of places. But whatever happened here, All this does is feed the grist that you can't trust election results at a time when you desperately need credibility. Yeah, I was going to say, even before we started seeing the the delayed results and the reports of the app failing and all that stuff, um, our our old friend Tim Alberta, uh, who's now with Politico, was with National Review for a little while, um, said, you know, look, if we as we were watching this complicated process of reallocating who gets what and how many delegates you know, he says if we watch this happen in another country we would consider that country to be third world and we would consider it to be not a free and fair election we, we would say that this is not simple this is actually trying to you know design to obscure who won etc cetera, etc cetera. 
And that's when things seem to be working. Now that you have it, it's the morning after, and we still don't know. And these allegations, you know, it's one of the, I, I put it out this morning, and I was my attempt was not to spread conspiracy theories. My point was not to, you know, it was just a sense like, this morning, does it feel like we have free and fair elections? And I, I had a gif of a guy kind of, you know, pulling at his collar uncomfortably. It doesn't feel, you know, like this This shouldn't be this hard. I, the thing I keep coming back to, Greg, is the thought that they've done this before the Internet was here. They've done this before they had mobile phones. Like what you, what you need is pencils and paper and everybody to communicate what they have at the precincts. We've been doing this for a really long time. Why is this suddenly? Like, it, I, I realize yeah, you're expecting the app and the app goes down and it really stinks. Again, pre-internet days, they used to call it in by phone. You're sitting there thinking, like, does the Iowa State uh, the Iowa State Democratic Party, does it only have like two or three phone lines going into the building? Right. But, like, how are they so spectacularly unprepared? You know, the, you know, the, the you know, fun internet meme, you had one job. Really, Iowa Democrats, you did have one job, which was run the caucus, right? You know, and they couldn't do this. And of course, everyone's going to believe um, that that you know this was done in order to protect a certain candidate, or this was done to boost a certain candidate, or downplay. Look, you know, I mean, one of the great ironies is you know if this is a, a firm that has you know has a tie to Buttigieg, like apparently Buttigieg did well last night, so his whatever he you know, if he won. His win is now going to have a certain uh, taint to it or a certain uh, cloud over its head or something like that. Uh, the Bernie Sanders folks, who, as you mentioned, who are already, you know, conv- like, uh, Bernie Sanders folks must be believed that Iowa is determined to not let him win. Because at least anecdotally, based on where CNN and the other cable networks were doing their reporting from various caucus sites, it looked like Bernie Sanders was doing very well now. Couple of people pointed out those were generally big cities, college towns. It probably was a Bernie Sanders crowd. Initial anecdotes seemed like Biden was doing very badly. People are going to speculate this was an effort to protect Biden. You know, you can come up with almost any kind of sinister conspiracy theory you want, and the best way to dispel it is to be well open about. Okay, here's you know here's why, here's what went wrong, here's what we're doing, etc. And last night, the Iowa State Democratic Party was hanging up on the campaigns when the campaigns were calling and in, demanding information. Right. Like, I was thinking about this, Greg. Even Baghdad Bob went out and gave statements on camera. <laughs> Right? Even China's giving some information about the coronavirus, guys. Right? This, this is a really low bar to clear, and they're just not doing it. And it's um, the 2020 Democratic nominating process could not have gotten off to a worse start. And the rightward part of us can kind of laugh at that, and we will <laughs> loudly for a very long time. But as an American, we'd like to see elections running smoothly, and this is the exact opposite of that. Yeah. Two closing thoughts for me here. First of all, my wife does not like politics. And so I was explaining to her the whole Buttigieg connection to the app thing. And I also showed her a uh, a, a tweet from Ben Shapiro where he said the only winner in Iowa was uh, Harold Hill from The Music Man. But my wife loves musicals. So she says, whoa, man, if Pete Buttigieg was in on some sort of scam with that app, he's a two-bit thimble rigger, just like that Harold Hill. <laughs> and Jim... There's going to be a lot of speculation about what happened here, but I think you and I know exactly what happened here. These caucus precinct captains were completely befuddled by the surge, the completely unexpected surge for Irving Schmidlap, and they just didn't know what to do with all those votes. As of this point, Irving Schmidlap is tied with everybody. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've wondered about whether somebody was going to write it in or, or say they were support. You know, we, we have listeners in Iowa. Although they may be a little irked. Again, if you're a listener in Iowa, we love you. 
Iowa State Democratic Party, we don't love you. And in fact, we're laughing at you. Um, but, you know, like, talk about like loss of faith in institutions. <laughs> I mean, like, this is new Coke. This is the Titanic. This is, you know, uh, this is going to rank among the all time total humiliations in it. And again, the state caucus is probably never going to recover. Oh, by the way, how motivated do you think everybody is to go out and go out and beat Donald Trump in Iowa come November? When you've done an, a, like a year's worth of work, volunteering, knocking on doors, doing everything you possibly could, and nobody knows who's won because the state party used an app that doesn't work. Absolutely unbelievable. All we ask is for you to tell us who won. And cycle <laughs> after cycle after cycle, you fail. Both parties. It's not that hard. <sighs> <laughs> not often we get the simultaneous side, but Jim, that's where we are today. And we haven't even gotten to the State of the Union. Maybe maybe they're going to hold it off so Trump can't make fun of the people who lost badly. But uh, I don't know. Anyway. Now, remember when impeachment was going to be the big news of the week? <laughs> yes. Impeachment has worked so well that he's not only going to get acquitted, but Gallup has him at his highest approval rating in his presidency. So great week for the Democrats. Hey, you know what? You know, I have one closing thought, Greg. Yeah. And I realize this is a, a full, long, funny, weird, bizarre podcast. Way to go, Iowa. Way to go. <laughs> oh, they have earned it. Speaking of which, Nevada has the same app, so that could be real yeah, fun. Yeah, what could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Corumbus of Radio America. Thanks for being with us today. We don't know what's happening. Maybe you will by the time you hear this. Enjoy the State of the Union, and uh, we'll be back at you on Wednesday for the next Three Martini Lunch.